This review is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com Dan for a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And stay tuned till the end of this review for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my recap of the fourth episode of Moon Knight. We are two-thirds of the way through the season, which means this is where they pull the rug out from under you, and that's exactly what they did last night, I guess. I'm not really sure. We're going to talk about what we think about the developments in this episode, where we're headed, and this is also where I depart as far as knowing what is going on. Full disclosure, I was able to see some version of the first four episodes of the show, which is very unusual for Disney to preview that many episodes, especially of a six episode series. So I knew generally where we were heading uh, up to this episode, but I have no clue what the next two episodes hold in store. And I think that's probably what they meant to happen. Before we go on though to this week's episode, I wanted to take a moment to circle back to last week because I was talking about uh, one of the characters that they introduced on last week's show, which is the character of Anton, who is played by the actor uh, Gaspard Ulliel. And I made some comments as far as uh, kind of cheekily uh, tweaking Marvel and their idea of killing people off, but not really because they're going to come later. And I made some comments about the fact that, you know, they want us to think that this character is dead, uh, which means he's definitely not coming back. Now, something that I did not realize at the time, sadly, was I did not realize that that actor, uh, Gaspard Ulliel, had passed away earlier this year. And so uh, some people took what I said, you know, not necessarily uh, assuming the worst, but saying like, well, you know, it sounds like you're being a little flippant about uh, his passing away. Uh, that was definitely not the case. I, I, I did not know. I missed the dedication that was in the credits. Uh, I did not know that he had passed away. Honestly, I probably would have said the same stuff. I just would have kind of couched it saying like, listen, I know that the actor uh, himself, uh, sadly, is not with us. It seems like the show had finished shooting uh, before his accident uh, at the early part of this year, but it is definitely something I think I would have said something along the same lines, but probably would have acknowledged the real life circumstances around that. So I wanted to do that this time, and uh, it, it was very very sad for me to hear that he had passed away. There was something that I actually cut out of last week's show where I mentioned that he was one of three people to play Hannibal Lecter. Uh, on the big screen. Uh, you add uh, Mess Mickelson when you add in uh, the TV show Hannibal. Uh, but very sad for me to hear that he had passed away. And definitely some statements that I probably would have at least couched uh, more with my knowledge of real world circumstances uh, before I made them last week. So let's move on to this week's episode, which was entitled The Tomb. And we start out pretty much where we ended the last week. We have an unconscious Stephen on the sand. We have Layla out there. The stars have been realigned or moved or the light moved or whatever you want to say from last week. I was kind of surprised that a lot of people had issues with that because it didn't seem realistic, uh, which is weird because it's about, you know, as I said on Twitter, it's about a guy who gets some clothes from a bird skeleton. Um, so the idea of like, why didn't they call an astronomer? Well, because that would have been boring. Anyway, I liked last week's episode and what they did with it. Uh, but we have the Khonshu statue, which is now entombed in the Great Pyramid with all of the other statues. So we have no more Mr. Knight, no more Moon Knight, no more suit, no more invention. Invincibility. We just have what appears to be definitely Steven, uh, who is still around. Layla pulls a Jeff Goldblum slash Sam Neill in Jurassic Park, uses some road flares to get rid of the bad guys who show up at the site, and they are off to Amit's tomb. 
One thing that I liked about this episode is that they are establishing that Stephen and Mark's presence uh, in the body and their control over it is not tied to the suit. So they are still talking to each other, and there's two things that I that I continue to like the way they do. Number one is how they talk to each other with the reflective surfaces. We saw it in mirrors in this one, which is something that we've seen several times, but in the reflections of water. Really, I like the idea that anytime there's some kind of a reflective circuit surface, you're never without this other personality. But I also like that they are beginning to explore the conflicts between the personalities, obviously the conflicts between Layla and those personalities. You have Steven now in control of the body uh, in a way of saying, like, I'm going to keep Mark away from Layla uh, because, you know, they have this real-life relationship, but it, it just doesn't seem great. Layla asking where Mark is. Uh, just, again, the, the, a way to use two actors to create three actors' worth of friction. Uh, and that's really been part of the big interest for me for this show is this interaction between the different personalities and then their interaction between all the different characters. You guys made a deal that he would just disappear from my life. And you didn't think that maybe I should have been made aware of that. We see a little bit of the journey to Amit's tomb with Steven slash Mark and Layla. It looks like there's a Black Phillip cameo uh, on the arch on the way there, although we do know already from Steven's, I'm not going to say preference, but definitely experience with well-done steak that he would not like to live deliciously. I'll, uh, well done. Oh, okay. All right. Delicious. That's something else that I mentioned in an episode was that whole well-done steak thing. I did not realize that there was so much debate amongst steak enthusiasts about that. I think part of it is that for people that are watching in the UK, uh, the idea of a well-done steak at a nice restaurant is a little less unusual than it is here uh, in the United States, where I live for a number of reasons. I just think that the beef industry has gone through a completely different experience uh, in the UK than it has here. Uh, but I also think it might be that American thing. It was like, I want it wrong, blood. Man, uh, I am not a, a rare steak guy. I prefer a good, uh, a nice, healthy medium to medium well. Uh, but really, if you ask medium well, you generally tend to get well here, uh, which is, I, I don't particularly enjoy. But I again, there's so many weird things when you're doing these shows and these recaps that just like spark conversation that you did not expect. And one of them was the whole well done steak thing uh, back all the way in the first episode. We also had a beat here that just reminded me of the fact that like Oscar. Isaac is one of those actors that I think would have been a movie star in any era because there's a beat where Steven sort of makes a move on Layla and kisses her. A very passionate kiss, by the way. I was get, I was digging that connection. They were definitely vibing. Uh, and then he punches himself. And, and, and the implication is that Mark was able to take control of at least part of the body and punch uh, Steven in the face. Oh, shit. And then a couple moments later, uh, Stephen comes just kind of like rolling down the, the entry to the tomb. You combine that with all the other physical stuff that Oscar Isaac has done. I mean, I think the guy could have been a great silent comedian back in the 1920s. I think he could have been a great slapstick comedian in the 30s and 40s. He's one of those people that is so talented and just has that kind of like face like in Sunset Boulevard. We didn't need dialogue. We had faces. There just aren't any faces like that anymore. Oscar Isaac is one of those faces that just, I think he was just destined to always be a movie star, but I also think that he would have been a great physical comedian and is a great physical comedian in many ways, uh, but could have had a different career 
70, 80 years ago and still been just as successful and just as popular. So we enter Amit's tomb and we see some signs of recent mummification. And this was a, an exciting thing for my partner, Mara. Her last name is Kanopic. Uh, and that is derived from the names of things that you see in this episode, which are the jars that the organs would go in uh, when you mummify somebody. They're called Kanopic jars. Uh, and so it was fun to, to see those because I remember we were watching them. She goes, Oh, canopic jars. Uh, and then later on, they call them out by name in the episode. It's like a freshly filled canopic jar and snake skins. Just another fun thing for her has been the way that this show shares many similarities with parts of her cultural roots and cultural heritage uh, and background. And one of them was the actual thing that is the basis for her last name. So that's always fun uh, to, to see in a show that you're watching at home. We also had another one of these cool little one-off things. We have this this mummy or whatever you want to call that, that kills one of the goons. There's all kinds of sacrifice going on. And I love the sound design. You have this, this fun little sequence and creepy sequence where uh, this the mummy is kind of stalking Layla and Steven as they're going around the tomb. It makes this really weird sound and just the idea of it climbing up the platforms and you know the hands and everything. This show has really done creepy very well, whether that's in the first episode with the sort of jackal dog, uh, lots of just interesting and unique creatures that I think have made this uh, a really different show. We also had a great moment, you know, I'm not really a fan of jump scares, but if they're employed well, uh, then I don't mind them so much, where Layla is kind of off on her own, and then uh, we, we see this thing kind of like jump out of the darkness and pull her back in, and then she kind of comes out and comes back and goes out and comes back, and it's this just sort of this thing of like the unknown. Uh, it's more terrifying what you're not seeing, and it actually makes this thing seem more powerful and this whole sequence where they're in the tomb and the thing is stalking them around and we have this fight, the flares come back into play. I got some like Stephen Summers mummy vibes, you know, the old 1990s Brendan Fraser, which itself was a throwback to other films. Uh, but I liked this adventure type thing that we got in this episode. We've had glimpses of it in other episodes, uh, but it was one beat on the show that, uh, you know, we'll, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen next. We'll see if we return to it. Uh, but this old time adventure feel, which I feel like we've gotten a few different times, especially since they've been in Cairo. Uh, but it, it was for me, my favorite part of the episode, which is just this really well executed, suspenseful action sequence. And much like we see in these different movies where you're in tombs and pyramids, etc., you have to find an artifact and they're looking for the stone statue of Amit. Stephen stumbles upon the tomb of Alexander the Great, who it turns out was the voice, the avatar of Amit. And so he goes searching for where the statue would be. He's the voice. So uh, again, I, I think this is just so well done and Oscar Isaac plays it so well. And in and, and, and addition to like the kind of scary adventure elements, there have been a lot of really kind of like creepy body horror type things but the idea of like opening up this mummy who by the way is Alexander the Great one of the most prominent historical figures of all time and then this idea of like being elbow deep reaching down into his mouth and you know things opening up the jaw opening up I'm oh, sorry Mr. Great sorry I couldn't be more sorry yeah that's it get in there reach in there buddy 
I just think that it's fun. And I think part of it, again, is because Oscar Isaac is so good in this role. And I'm glad that when they were writing this, that they gave Steven uh, sort of the lead in this part uh, of the episode because his reaction to this sort of thing is very funny. Uh, and so I thought it was played for laughs, but also genuinely creepy. So while Steven has his arm down Alexander the Great's throat, which is a sentence I never thought I would say, uh, Layla runs into Harrow, who of course is always, I mean, for a guy with glass in his shoes, he gets around because he's already down in the tomb. He's still on his quest to free Emmett. And we finally get the other penny dropping. Now, a lot of people thought that I kind of spoiled this element before. I thought the clues were just from a storytelling standpoint, kind of obvious uh, that Mark had something to do with Layla's father's death. Your father was murdered by mercenaries. And no one knows who they were, do they? You're saying that Mark was one of them? You said it. He's a troublemaker, that Harrow. And I also think, I mean, we've got to get these two. It reminds me of uh, Ghostbusters. We've got to get these two in a room together. I think that we have got to get Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk and Ethan Hawke's Harrow together in a room just to see what the amount of gravelly-voiced gravitas would be. You're a man of principle, of conviction. I understand that. I even admire it. Egyptian gods walk among us. I think it would almost be like a singularity. It might be the thing that maybe resets the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because I just imagine both of their voices going deeper. What did you say about Vanessa? And just like how how deep could each of them go before they like cross the Rubicon and we just become a new universe? Get these two together. I want to see these two team up. So the stone figure of Amit is retrieved from Alexander the Great, but there are bigger things going on because Layla shows up and demands to talk to Mark, who takes control of the body and basically uh, basically says you've done an unforgivable thing because Mark didn't kill her dad, but his partner did, and he definitely knew about it, and he definitely didn't say anything. I tried to tell you since the moment we met. That's the reason that we met. You just had a guilty conscience which is why I said last week, even though it is a very narrow usage rule, if you have anything to do with the death of your loved one's father, you should definitely tell them about it at your earliest opportunity. Mark doesn't have to wait long to get his comeuppance though, because Harrow shows up and plugs him twice in the chest, which is like, I was watching this and going like, Okay, where are we going here? So Mark falls backwards into some water, and then he's going into the sunken place, I guess. Very similar to Get Out. It's funny how we've seen that effect so many times uh, since Get Out has come out, uh, which is like weird because like that's a very specific reference to that movie, but at the same time, it looks cool. So a lot of other TV shows and movies have done it. But he doesn't end up in the sunken place. At least I don't think Catherine Keener is there uh, stirring her tea. He ends up in some kind of what appears to be a mental institution. And this is where the show is kind of pulling the rug out from under us, maybe. I certainly don't know really where we're going to be headed because we start to see some of the events we've already seen in this four by three aspect ratio and what looks like a very cheap direct-to-video movie. You're Dr. Stephen Grant. Maybe so. So we have Mark. He's in some kind of a psychiatric ward. He can see his reflection, but he can't summon Stephen or anybody else. He's cuffed to this wheelchair. He has an action figure of Moon Knight, and this is basically one of those things when I'm watching it, I'm like, 
oh, okay, so we're kind of going glass here. We're going the idea of like he's locked in a mental institution, and is this all something that he made up in his head? Is this a complete game change for the show, or is this just some kind of a weird vision uh, that we're seeing that's inspired by these gods? I honestly don't know right now. We'll talk about where I hope it's going uh, in just a second, but it is a very just kind of a mind F of a turn because we're in the middle of this tombs and mummies and things and dragging out and stone statues and now maybe all of it is turned up on its head because we also see that Harrow and Ethan Hawke again looking pretty sharp no matter mustache no mustache long hair short hair but Harrow is in this version of Mark's reality uh, his doctor and I, I like that we saw these little touches of the show that we've seen so far the cane leaning on the doctor's desk the little bird statue that looks kind of like Khonshu's head that's on a uh, you know a, a pedestal there the, the Moon Knight figure it really is sort of like Wizard of Oz in the sense of like wait so was this whole thing a reality that this guy made up because of things that he sees or is it something different Did, is he actually in this very weird place we don't know the answer to that just yet but I'm of the opinion that not everything is as it seems. I don't think that we are doing this thing where none of the Egypt stuff is real, even though we have this kind of very bizarre thing where Mark finds the sarcophagus, Stephen is inside, so now they exist as two separate people. Uh, literally, we have two Oscar Isaacs, and I know there are a lot of people that are very happy about that, the concept of having two Oscar Isaacs. So now we have Mark and Stephen, who are now literally two distinct personalities who are on the run, but we have things like the lights are swaying in this place. Something weird is going on. The weirdest of which is that they open the doors to a hippopotamus guard, a hippopotamus orderly, a hippoporterly. <laughs> This was a great note to end on because uh, random talking hippopotamus was not where I thought that we would be at the end of this episode when I started watching the beginning. Again with Oscar Isaac, I think that he plays this role uh, very comedically and very well, and I like that this show's not taking itself too seriously. I could see a very grim, dark version of this show, and maybe that's what some people would have preferred. I like the direction they're taking it, where they're not afraid to go dark, they're not afraid to be serious, but they're also not afraid to play things for laughs. And this is a moment that's very much played for laughs, but then we have a hard cut uh, to the credits. This episode, by the way, was directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. I think they're switching off on uh, directing episodes. They have directed some very interesting uh, movies, some that I've liked, some that I have maybe not been my cup of tea, but that I've really admired. And I think that they were a great choice to direct this series because this episode in particular is very much in line with the kind of movies that they have made as a duo. And that's it. We have two episodes left. We don't know what the hell's going on with anything in Egypt. We're now in this weird hospital type thing. Where are we going? The only downside I think for us is that there are only two episodes. So if you're going to do this big game changing twist type thing, you have uh, not a whole lot of real estate to sort of reconcile what this is, then get back to Egypt if we're going back to Egypt uh, to settle what's going on there. Or if we're not going back to Egypt to make it seem like uh, everything that we saw before this wasn't just a useless prologue. So I think that there is a little bit of uh, treacherous territory 
for the show going forward. I think this is the point where, and there's been points, if you've watched these reviews with other shows, uh, even particularly these Disney Plus Marvel shows, where uh, I'm with the show, I'm with the show, and then they hit kind of a treacherous point, whether that's the finale or a little bit before, and I don't quite go with them. So I'm a little trepidatious, I'm not going to lie, uh, about what's going to happen going forward, but that's only because this is such a drastic change from what we've seen before that, you know, I, I just hope that they manage this transition well and make this season feel like a satisfying whole. I understand that you can leave things open-ended to a certain extent on a TV show, but I think you also have to make the season itself feel like uh, it was its own kind of complete journey, even if you're leaving like a cliffhanger or whatever else. So I will be watching with great interest next week to see what happens on this show. Maybe this is the point at which I jump off. Uh, I, I I don't know. We'll have to go forward to next week and the week after. Uh, but this is a show that's keeping me guessing at the very least. I, I'm not bored. Uh, I like where we're going week to week. I like that I never quite know what journey the show is going to take us on. And I look forward to the next two weeks as we wrap up whatever story Moon Knight has in store for us. What did you think of the twist? Do you think we're going to go back to Egypt? Do you think this is where we're going to spend the rest of the season? Let me know down in the comments below. And before I go, I would like to thank today's sponsor, which is Athletic Greens. I've been talking about Athletic Greens a lot here on the channel, and that's because they have been a great integration into my daily routine. I started taking Athletic Greens because I'm trying to focus on my overall well-being this year, uh, both what I do and what I take and eat, etc. And Athletic Greens has so many ingredients that help, like probiotics with gut health in particular, which is a focus area for me. And the great thing for me is that it's also very easy. I'm always running around doing stuff, making videos, staying up till five, six in the morning doing these recaps and my schedule's crazy. But no matter when I sleep or when I get up or how much time I do or don't have, Athletic Greens is easy to integrate into my daily life. It's just one scoop in a cup of water or you can throw it into like a smoothie like I do sometimes. It's easy to drink and regardless of how you choose to drink it, it tastes good, which is something that a lot of things that are good for you don't necessarily have. Athletic Greens is also lifestyle friendly no matter what your dietary restrictions or choices are. It has no GMOs or nasty chemicals and it is far cheaper than trying to find all these different supplements and vitamins, etc., and trying to take them separately. Here you have them in one convenient daily scoop no matter how you choose to drink it. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com D-A-N to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode, and I want to thank you for watching it. I have a big week of reviews coming up. I will be doing a review for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I'll also be doing a review for Robert Eggers' The Northman, another one of my most anticipated of the year, both in the same weekend. I'm really excited about that. This is also the two-year anniversary today of me launching this channel. April 20th, 2020 was the day I launched this channel uh, two years ago. What a nutso time uh, to, to start my own movie and TV related channel. I have 
course, had no idea of what the next two years would have in store. I remember talking about like, oh, wow, Black Widow. Well, the summer movie season might start a little bit later. I guess it'll probably come out in July or August. Yeah, no, nobody knew it was coming. It has been a crazy up and down two years, uh, but uh, ultimately worth it because I've had so much fun and I get to do uh, so many different things that I've always wanted to do. So thank you to everybody that's watched the channel over the last couple years. I think that we're going to do a little something to commemorate the two-year anniversary uh, in the next week or so. I'm not exactly sure what, uh, but stay tuned because I'll be sure to make that announcement. Uh, but most of all, I do want to say thank you so much and thank you for watching this recap and review of Moon Knight Episode 4. I'll be back this time next week to see what the hell is going to go on in this wacky show. Until then, stay safe and thanks for watching. Bye.